everybody. Happy Wednesday. Uh, this is Tanya with the Grit and Grace show. Hope you all are doing wonderful this evening. It is good to be here in Decatur, Texas tonight. Uh, it's 102 degrees at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time in Texas. Um, so, um, anyways, I'm glad that you're here again this week. It just seems like uh, not long ago we were um, we were on the show and the days just kind of just roll by. So um, here we are again, and um, I am just I'm happy to that you are all here listening uh, today. So um, I do have my husband Josh on hand tonight. Uh, he may or may not speak up, but he's kind of my uh, behind the scenes guy. He helps me out, so I'm glad that he's here with me this evening. I'm glad that you're here. And so tonight we're going to just talk a little bit. If you've been keeping up with the Facebook page, you're probably already aware. But we're going to talk a little bit about how um, the you know um, how to deal with being you know deal with depression and and being a Christian and being in the church and then and then but mostly we're going to talk about how uh, my uh, mainly I, I'm going to focus on my five strategies on what I do to to combat depression and depression is something that i do struggle with uh, at times so um i will preface this show by saying that i am not a professional at all so um always if you need to if, if you have a serious condition of course seek out a physician's um um help so but uh i'll just be talking to you from the experience of a person who has gone through the issue or the you know, gone through the struggle. So, um, but we'll start with just opening up with uh, some prayer. And then I'm going to, I have an article or at least just, you know, parts of this article because it was a long one. It's a good read. Um, I did post this on the Facebook page and we'll go through that. And then, um, and then I'll give you the, the five things that I do to um, combat or um, to battle the blues is what I like, like what I called it. I think the things I, five things I do to battle the blues. So, so um, anyways, and then if we got any announcements to cover, we'll go over that. You are listening, of course, to Truth Seeker Texas Radio. Um, we are still in, we're still considered a brand new radio station. So we're very glad that you're listening. Uh, we do feature. Um, uh, three other shows um, on the station, so y'all be sure to check them out on Monday nights. It's hard for me to see without my glasses. Well, Tanya, on Monday night from 8 to 9, you have Mike McInerney, Discipleship for Life. Tuesdays from 6 to 7, you have Charlie Smithers, Traveling Salvation Show. Wednesday night tonight from 6 to 6.30, Tanya, Written Grace. Thursday and Sundays, Jonathan Splon, Reborn for This. It's from 6 to 6.30. Thank you so much, honey. I appreciate that. He could see me squinting. I, I've got readers on, and so I can see what's in front of me. Uh, but with or without these readers, I can't see at the door. So thank you, Joshua. I really appreciate that. All right, so let's open it up with a word of prayer. Um, Lord, we just come to you this evening on this Wednesday. We thank you for getting us through the week up to this point, and we know that you'll continue to carry us through the rest of the week by giving us strength to do the work that you've provided for us to do and and to work in all the roles and areas that we need to do in our lives and our family and our businesses 
Um, so thank you for that. Thank you for the opportunity for this podcast, uh, just to get, you know, to speak your truth and to get your word out there to help others and to glorify your name. I pray we do that tonight. I pray that you give me the words that you would want me to say and, and that whoever needs to listen is, is that you'll find a way for them to be tuning in tonight or when this gets, you know, re-aired at another time. And I pray that whoever is listening, Lord, that you give them a special blessing that, you know, you would help them in the areas that they need assistance in and that, that, that they have need in. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So... Um, just a little bit about me. First off, um, you guys, some of you guys know some of my story. Um, I would say no one, no one knows the whole story. <laughs> um, but you know, you guys know a lot about me. And so I do deal with depression and anxiety, um, uh, more often than, um, I would say the average Joe. <laughs> so, and, um, it's, it's something that's runs in my family. There's, there's a, a lot of things um, when we when we talk about depression and uh, I'll kind of get into this in the article. Um, there's there, there's kind of different variations of you know depression and different severities of it. So, um, anyways, this article is called "How to Face Depression as a Christian," and I got it from website www.cru.org, and it is posted on the Facebook. Um, Grit and Grace podcast uh, Facebook page. I posted it today, so the link is there if you want to try to read along. And like I said, um, I skipped through quite a bit, so um, I'm trying to just you know highlight key points. But it is written by um, two women, uh, Elizabeth Clayton Lee and Mary Keith. So there is, it's authored by two different people. Um, but they say here, uh, they start out by saying, not only can depression make you question God or feel distant from him, but it can also make navigating Christian community more difficult. Depression can even uh, can be even more challenging for Christians because, unfortunately, there are misconceptions and stigmas associated with depression in many Christian communities. When you or the people around you do not understand the reality of depression, it makes seeking help more difficult. Uh, depression can already distort your perception of reality or make you doubt your judgment. It's crucial to be able to recognize what is and is not true about depression. Many well-meaning people may actually give you bad advice um, because they don't understand depression. So she kind of goes through some misconceptions about it. And she says the first misconception is that depression is not real. When in reality, um, depression is a real illness that impacts the brain's ability to function as it should. So she says the idea that depression is not real is dangerous, uh, a dangerous misconception that prevents many people from getting help. And I would say, you know, I would I would agree with that. Um I, as far as the danger of it, it, like I said, it depends on how we break it down. So this is what I, this is how I kind of put it. Um, there's, there's what you would call, I guess, not regular, but kind of a normal depression. And then there's a clinical depression. So a normal depression would be considered, it would fall under the category of, you know, your, your, your dog passed away, uh, a loved one passed away. 
uh, you uh, lost a, a job that you really care about, um, you've had to go through uh, some sort of, you know, illness, something that um, is something that happens in life, life for, to, to everyone um, and that causes grief or pain in some way, but it's something that a healthy person with decent coping skills and time can eventually overcome and it'll lift. Then you have clinical depression, which is more um, genetic, biological. It's dealing with a chemical imbalance in the brain, uh, often requires medication. And then, of course, there's different severities of that. A person, this is, uh, and of course, I'm, yeah, this is me explaining. I'm sorry, I derailed from the article for a minute. Um, anyways, so, yeah, so there's different severities of that. A person can be clinically depressed and still be functional. Uh, they can still um, uh, complete all the duties that they need to for their job or their household, um, but they just kind of lost the spunk in their life. And then there's a, uh, the, it can be more severe as to where sometimes I'll get kind of just like, uh, paralyzing in state to where you just you've lost all um, zeal or motivation to do not only the things that you enjoy but the things that are required or expected of you even washing dishes or go <clears throat> going to a job that wouldn't be considered that difficult um, so Anyway, so, um, and then, of course, it can be, uh, clinical depression can be um, even more severe, you know, when you get to the, to the levels of needing to be, like, you know, um, hospitalized or, you know, you know, suicidal thoughts and things like that. So, of course, if, if you're having anything like that, please call a doctor. Okay, so, um, misconception number two, um, depression is a sin. Um, okay, so, or a variation of this would be, uh, being depressed means you are failing to trust God. Being depressed means you are failing to be joyful in all things or to give thanks to God. Uh, when re in reality, depression is an illness, not a sin. Um, and But then again, I would also add, it, it's also sometimes just a normal part of life. Like I said, it's, just normal, it's a normal part of the grief uh, process uh, when you lose something or someone in your life that meant something to you that's going to be a normal part of life um, but it can be an illness and in either state either way it's not a sin she says yes mental illness is often triggered by stressors or negative environmental factors but that does not mean it's not real physical illness is also frequently triggered by stressors and negative environmental environmental factors Stress can cause ulcers and increase the risk of a heart attack, very serious illnesses that, like depression, need treatment, not condemnation. Um, okay, so, yeah, this, um, I'm going to try not to rush through here, but I'm going, I'm doing okay on time, I guess. Um, y'all, and thank y'all for y'all's patience, you know, y'all know that I'm still new to this and I'm still learning and, um, what my way around everything so when i say something on the air that sounds kind of silly just go with it um okay so anyways uh let's see number three uh d misconception depression will go away if you pray hard enough or have enough faith 
when in reality, um, depression usually needs to be treated with more than prayer. Um, so, uh, again, depression is an illness. Um, as with any illness, someone should with depression should seek um, professional medical treatment. Like I said, if, if you feel like you're in a... Uh, or even if, if you're in, say, the place, like I said, that it's a normal part of life where um, you, you've you lost something or someone, it's okay to even seek uh, temporary, maybe sometimes doctors will they do prescribe temp- medication, but on a temporary basis until the, until the time's passed and they wean you off of them, or just counseling would be helpful. You may need... Uh, you know, there's uh, there are Christian counselors out there. You just have to seek them out, um, and uh, you know, and see what you know. Just see, uh, you know, seek out someone that you could talk to, and that's always helpful. Um, but and of course, prayer prayer does a lot. Prayer, it, you know, is very powerful. So she's not saying that. She's just saying that it's not. She's not saying that it's not. She's just saying that sometimes we may need. A little more help. Um, she said, while God is capable of divinely healing mental or physical illness, he does not always intervene in that way. He provides other ways to heal. God gave people like doctors and mental health professionals the understanding and skills to help those who are suffering. Uh, because chronic stress, and this is pretty good here what she says, because chronic stress and trauma can cause physical and chemical changes in the body and brain, they can trigger or worsen depression. Therapy or counseling can be cr- a crucial part of treatment for many people suffering from depression. Being able to process trauma and come up with strategies to reduce stressors and cope with difficulties can help people heal from depression. Though there is often an environmental and emotional component to depression, the underlying issue is usually biological. This is one reason two people may be going through the same or similar situations, and one may develop depression while um, the other does not. Depression, as with all things involving the brain, is complex, and not even the most advanced researchers fully understand exactly what causes it. Doctors have found many biological factors that cause or contribute to depression, including genetics, uh, part of the brain not functioning as they should, problems with neurotransmitters and neurons or nerve cells, and certain medical conditions. Sometimes medications help correct or lessen these issues and so treat depression. Help, just as people with high blood pressure take medication to help their circulatory systems function better, you may need to seek out medication to help your brain function better. There is no shame in needing medication for depression, for depression if you are a Christian. And moving on, uh, misconception. Depression is a punishment from God. Um, Or if you feel depressed, it's because you have unconfessed sin. Now, I will say sometimes here, I just want to just a side note here. It's never a punishment, but it sometimes can be a consequence of sin. Um, You know, let's not, let's not, you know, go too far to one side and, you know, and and leave certain important things out. If you do things, and that's and and see, God's not up there. If if you if you sin, God's not up there ready to take your salvation away, and then ready to to indulge. You know, I'm sorry, and to dole out some punishment on you. But there is consequences for sin. Sin is harmful to you, and you will usually experience feelings of shame. 
That's and then it comes from you and the, from the devil, you know, not more than it does from than, than, than God, of course. So you are going to experience some depression if you uh, fall or whatever, how, slip up, however, however you guys want to term, you know, put that. But um, but definitely she is correct here. It is not um, a punishment from God. Uh, she says, reality, depression is not the fault of the person who is suffering. It is a difficult trial that can refine someone's faith, but it's not a punishment for sin. Um, and then she, um, she says here, uh, I think I'm doing, I'm doing so doing good. I don't know. I might need to skip on. I think I'm, I might come. Mm, okay. <laughs> All right, I don't want to bore anyone for sure, but I'll, I'll skip on down. Uh, misconception. Depression is just an excuse for laziness or not doing your Christian duty. Mm. Or uh, you are letting God and your church down if you are too, too depressed to serve or minister. And she says, the reality is God loves you however much you do serve him. And they go on to state that people who are depressed are already dealing with enough without also being shamed for not doing, quote, enough. Churches often rally around people going through physical illness, bringing them meals and showing them grace. Sadly, mental illness is often met with judgment instead of compassion and support. God is more concerned with your heart and obedience than how much you serve at church or how many times you can share your testimony. Your service for God is an expression of the change he has brought about in your life, rather than a strategy for winning his favor. No matter, how, no matter what anyone says, having a relationship with God is not about what you can do for God. He's already done everything through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. So once you have a relationship with God, you cannot lose it by failing to do religious things. People who are depressed are already dealing with enough without also being shamed for not doing enough. Oh, that's okay. That's repetitive. Sorry. Depression can make it very difficult to accomplish the task of day to day life. And I find this true in my life. Anyways, God still loves you. No one should try to guilt or shame you for not being able to do what you would normally do as your Christian service. You should be allowed to serve when you are able, trusting God to provide you with opportunities to share your faith, even when you're depressed. The reality is that God will probably give you many opportunities to serve and minister at a time when your depression is not as, as at its worst. He will give you a new powerful testimony about his faithfulness during suffering, like he did with, with me, the author. You can use your story to serve others who are in the midst of suffering. But even if you can never do anything else for God again, he still loves you and would not leave you or forsake you. Um, okay, so I'll, I'm almost done here, and then I can get into my five points. Okay. Uh, it, it's misconception. It's shameful to discuss mental illness openly, when in reality, church community should be a safe environment for people to discuss mental health without judgment, and I say amen to that. Sadly, some Christians can be very judgmental about mental illness, but that is not a biblical response. Mental illness is not something you should be made to feel ashamed of or fear sharing with your church community. Depression and mental illness should receive as kind and gentle a response from Christians as they do from, from Jesus. The Christian community should never be a place where people feel they need to hide and cover up what they are really going through. 
In a genuine Christian community, people can share all of their struggles and ask for prayer without fear, without fear of shame or judgment. They could testify about how God is working through whatever is happening in their lives. And um, so I'm going to, okay, so there was a couple more sections, but I'm going to go ahead and move on to, to the, my portion here is the five things that this is my, kind of like my five stones in my pocket, right? Had David had five stones to uh, slay Goliath. These are the five stones that I go to and refer to when I'm trying to battle the blues. And these are just things that I come up with myself and they, I believe that they work. They are not always instantaneous. Sometimes it's something that I have to start practicing each morning or each evening, or sometimes you have to do it in the afternoon if you just forgot to do it that morning, whatever. But if you can make a practice of doing these five things each day, or one of these five things, two of these five things each day, you're going to see the depression lift. I mean, I believe that. So anyways, um, and these are in no particular order. Okay, so number one, restoring to me the joy of your salvation. Okay, this is a popular uh, verse, um, or I'm sorry, a portion of scripture. Um, it's from 1 Samuel chapter 30. Verse 6, and David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him. Because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. So, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. Okay, I read the wrong scripture, but that's okay. That's all right. I marked it. And we're going to read that one, though, guys. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Okay. It's, I'm sorry. That's all right. God is good, though. People can make mistakes. Okay. Psalms 51. All right. Verse 10, 11, 12. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not the Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold uh, me with thy free spirit. So um, I do that's so that's number one, restoring to me the joy of your salvation. That's that's um, a little prayer that I ask God when I'm depressed. OK, um, so we'll, we'll skip to number three. Um, uh, number three is encourage yourself in the Lord. <laughs> that's the one I just read on accident. OK, so um, David encouraged himself in the Lord. Um, that's the one I read out of first Samuel accidentally. So I use, I use that one, not as a prayer, but basically I have to encourage myself. Okay. There comes a point where, um, you, you are the only person that can and is motivated enough and, you know, has the ability to get yourself up. You know, it's going to take you. Um, for one, the people around us probably get tired of hearing, I'm depressed, I have anxiety, I'm depressed, I've got anxiety <laughs> today. Um, God bless them, you know, and, and, and then the other people, we mask it and we don't let them see it, so how can they pray for us? So ultimately, it comes down to you, okay, and you have to get yourself up and you have to encourage yourself, but in the Lord. So what I mean by that is I look at what the Word says of how God feels about me, how God thinks about me, how God the God the plans God has for me, uh, God's will for my life, what how much God loves me, and I encourage myself in that, in the Lord, and in what the Lord has for me. Okay, and so, all right, and like I said, in no particular order. Um, some practical things. Uh, uh, number four would be uh, walk. 
okay, or if whatever, like if I brought I bought myself a bicycle. If you like, and I, that's not worked out. But if you like to bicycle, or if you like to go to the gym, whatever kind of person you like to do that involves like preferably getting outdoors, because for you, you got a twofold thing here. This is a practical thing. You if you um, I like to drag my husband out on nature walks, and he loves to go with me. So we'll get out there, and you you're breathing in the oxygen from all the trees, and then you're soaking in that vitamin D from the sun and then you're getting your endorphins going from the exercise and it doesn't have to be real extraneous just some good exercise okay and then um uh number five to me uh, is listening to music okay sometimes when i'm really depressed it's uh hard to listen to music even my favorite genres my favorite songs but if i force myself to get to get the right kind of music on, it'll lift my mood. And if, if it's for you, maybe it's painting. Maybe it's um, reading a good book, a novel, a mystery. Maybe you like to embroidery. Maybe if you're a guy, you like to fidget on the cars or you like to fish, um, you know, or you like to go shooting or whatever. Um, just something, you know, a hobby. Okay, and then my last one, number five, uh, where is that scripture? Um Every time I, this, this touches my phone, it's got a light up, and that really bothers me. Um, anyways, okay, so uh, number five, Psalms 118, verse 23, ain't got nothing to do with it, but it's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. Um, I like that because uh, when I talk about what the Lord's done for me. Anyways, verse 24, 118, 24. This is the day which the Lord has made. We will rejoice or I will rejoice and be glad in it. So when I use that verse, I say, uh, this is how I say it. Okay, this is the day for number one. That reminds me to take one day at a time, okay? Is whatever I'm worried about going on tomorrow or, you know, Friday, is that concerned with today? No, this is the day. Today is the day the Lord has made. Now, I don't feel like rejoicing and being glad in it. I don't want to rejoice and be glad in it, but I'm going to make myself. I will rejoice. I'm going to will myself. I'm going to muster up an, as, as much self-will as I can and ask for, you know, I've already asked for the Lord's help because I asked him to restore, you know, the joy of his salvation, right? But I'm going to will and muster up as enough strength as I can to be glad and rejoice and be glad in this day. So those are my five things. Um, and if if you didn't catch them, I'll try to maybe I could put them up on the on the on the page later. But um, oh, oh, there was just a, yeah, a couple more things I wanted to add, add mention to. Uh, stating the obvious, um, don't do drugs. <laughs> so if you're in recovery, especially okay, especially to those in recovery, if you have a dual diagnosis, drugs will exasperate the symptoms of your mental illness. Okay, so um, even if the drug is not your DOC, DOC for use other is means drug of choice. So even if you're if you're not doing your drug of choice um, and you're trying to mask uh, depression symptoms, uh, those uh, drugs can exacerbate your like say bipolar or whatever it is um, that you know your BPD or whatever it is that your that ADHD whatever um, can exacerbate those symptoms. I know it feels like a catch twenty two and it kind of is. All right, so, and then bonus, it's okay to not be okay. I would like to leave you with that. 
it's okay to not be okay. Sometimes things suck. Sometimes things stink. Sometimes things are gut-wrenchingly horrible, and we got to go through them for some reason or another unbeknownst to us. But you know what I mean? Um, the Lord knows, and, he, and, and, and it's not his will, but he'll take whatever the enemy meant for evil, and he will turn it around for good at some point, right? At some point, all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and who are the called according to his purpose. At some point, you got to hold on to that. That's going to happen and things are going to turn around for you. So um, anyways, I've got two minutes left. Josh, do you have any tips on t loving someone who's living with depression? How many tips I can give? I mean, you, you got to be patient and you got to trust in God and, and you got to continue to pray and, and stay positive yourself and not let their mood. environment and mood have an effect on you. And, I mean, it's, e it's easier said than done sometimes because, I mean, when you're married, I mean, you know, for me, I feel like, you know, the two become one flesh. And so whenever sh she's hurting, it it's hard to always be strong. But it is important, you know, to stay strong and—, and so there, you know, you got you have groups that you know that you can get involved with to help stay positive and to help keep a, a, a positive mindset, um, and that that helps a lot. Awesome, awesome. I, I appreciate it. And, and my husband's always good to try to distract me and try to get me back in, interested in the things I like to do. That's good. Uh, and, you know, he take me out for walks or whatever. So, Josh, I appreciate you always being there. I appreciate the words that you had to share with us tonight. That's very helpful from a care caregiver's perspective <laughs> or a loved one's perspective. All right. So um, we've got one minute or we're less than one minute to go. Uh, this is the Grit and Grace podcast or uh, yeah, and I'm thankful that you guys are listening tonight. Tune in next week. Um, uh, again, on www.TruthSeekerTexasRadio for an all-new episode. We are going 30 minutes now. I don't know if it's just through the summer or until we... Uh, and you know until things change for my schedule but um i think that this works out better for you guys as well from what i've understood and i'm trying to listen to your feedback so all right you guys be blessed in jesus name and have a wonderful week this is tanya signing out bye bye